Hey, mommies, we updated our channel memberships. For $5 a month, you get updated badges, new emojis, no ads on YMH and Two Bears. And you get early access to both YMH and Two Bears. For just $10 a month, you get early access and no ads on all shows. And for $20 a month, you get all of both tiers and proof that you're not a fat poor. Click the join button on our YouTube homepage or right above the description of any one of our episodes. What are you waiting for? Join today. I feel like black men, we, you know, they always be like, man, you got to meditate. Black men meditating all day. We just don't have our eyes closed. She seen I had the Wu-Tang CD and instantly she just bust the first few bars like, hey, you get off my club. You don't know me and you don't know my style. I was like, oh, I'm in love. I'm in love with this bitch. That's it right there. $106 at Macy's. How you smelling like Danny Brown? It's like Danny Brown show. Sit back, relax your eye ready now. Why your mates do the yows? It's like Danny Brown show. We about to get live. Let's go. It's like Danny Brown show. Sit back, relax your eye ready now. Why your mates do the yows? It's like Danny Brown show. We about to get live. Let's go. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Yo, yo, yo. What up, Dow? It's your boy. It's your boy, Danny Brown. And it's the Danny Brown Show live from YMA Studios. I got the booth boys with me. What's up? Yo. Yo. Man, I just want to say, man, uh, shouts out to the main mommy, Christina P. And Tom Segura. Because we fucking made it to episode 50. And my dumb ass didn't get fired yet. So we know they strong. <laughs> They definitely got some strong will. They still putting up with my ass. I thought somebody would have been canceled by not they canceled me or I canceled them. But no, I think we cancel out each other. They say some dumb shit, then I say some dumb shit, and then boom, it, it, it collides and don't nobody know. So yeah, shouts out to YMH, man. They've been holding me down, man. It's, y'all like my family now, man. Y'all know that. I don't got no friends. Well, I keep I be saying that every time I say that, then one of my friends will hit me up like, why you always saying you ain't got no friends? You know, you know what I mean. I be looking at like y'all motherfuckers is like family. You know, friends is like friends is like people you plan to hang out with. You know what I'm saying? Like I plan to hang out with y'all. Motherfucking like your homies, them niggas can just pop up. They ain't got to say nothing to you. Niggas just pop up on you, you know? So, yeah, man, I'm happy we made it to fucking episode 50, man. And as you can see, man, I, I, I will say, man, when I first started doing this shit, man, it, it did. I used to be so fucking nervous. I know um, that you like, how, how do you get nervous? You fucking perform in front of thousands of people and fucking, um, you know, you, you're a rapper. You don't supposed to be. But I don't know, man. Podcasting is a, is a little different. And I feel like, man, one thing good about podcasting is that all it takes is like, you know, one good episode or maybe like, you know, one one good clip or something and your shit could rock off and, you know, your shit could be cracking and you rocking and you can say one dumb shit. You can say one dumb thing or, you know, have one bad day and say something on here and fucking ruin your entire life. So, you know, I, I definitely respect this shit a lot more now than I did before and just realizing, understanding what it is. And I always, you know, I had this, uh, I don't know, man, it just feel weird, you know, when rappers... They they take on other jobs or start doing other shit. You know, it almost feel like um, you know, like I don't know, like they fell off or some weird shit like that. I never really had any thought of anything like that because I know for like the past um, I'm gonna say like maybe five years, maybe I don't know. I I just listened to nothing but podcasts. Like it was it was a time in my life, and I and I hated. And I, and I hate that I'm even saying this because I, I, I would love to 
go back to that where all I would do is listen to music 24 seven study about music. Just always everything I'm doing is about music. And you know, when, when you like that, you living in, you living in the fuck music, you know? So, and definitely I feel like I made some of my best music when I was living like that. But I've, you know, since I've like started listening to podcasts, just being in a podcast. So it's like, I've been studying how to do this shit for years, you know? So now that I'm finally doing it, you know, I can understand, you know, like this shit ain't, it's just like everything else. It ain't just about getting in front of the mic and, you know, start saying some dumb shit, you know? A lot of, I'm not saying like, I want to fucking have this podcast scripted and shit, which I heard before, like some motherfuckers be scripting podcasts and shit, which is fucking, that's kind of like crazy. Cause I think the thing that's appealing to me about podcasts is almost like you eavesdropping, you know? Like when I have a guest or something, like I always tell guests when they come, I'll be like, man, I don't, Nigga, I ain't no fucking interviewer, nigga. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't fucking do interviews, you know? Which probably, man, I mean, maybe, you know, we still doing Countdown to Rehab. So maybe after rehab, I'll probably, get a, I'll probably have a revelation in there and be like, oh, you want to be good at podcasting, you have to become good at interviewing. But for the most part, it's almost like eavesdropping on a conversation between two homies, you know? So, you know, that's, that's, that's what I think appealed to me the most about how I liked it. It ain't necessarily about sitting here trying to ask questions about somebody's life, but... You know, for the most part, man, um, I, I, I read all the comments, even though I don't try to. But it got to the point for me where I start to be like, man, uh, a lot of people can't take constructive criticism, you know. So, you know, I read the comments and I see where people be like, oh, you need to get better at this. You know, you know what I'm saying? So I don't I don't, I don't take no fucking, um, you know, I don't, I don't feel no way about it. I, I take it as like, you know. So I know, you know, when I go do my little bid, when I go sit down for a minute, I have a lot of time to reflect. So I feel like I know you got to look at this shit like seasons, you know. Did you know the first season, everything, we just figuring it out, you know. So me getting to episode 50, I'm, I'm proud of this shit, you know. So I'm happy. I'm happy that, you know, they, they, you know, they gave me this avenue to be able to fucking, you know, because I look at this shit like therapy. I'll be looking forward to coming through. Like I be saying, I don't got no friends. So I don't be talking. I be hanging with my girl, you know, we chill out, playing video games and shit. I might kick it with the homies on Discord or, you know, I stop streaming on Twitch, which, you know, I, I feel like, you know, because I really do love doing that. So probably when I, you know, but I used to get on Twitch, man. Twitch, Twitch was like aiding my drinking too, in some sense, because it was like I couldn't do it without being drunk, kind of like I couldn't, some reason, I just can't get on in front of the camera and just sit there and talk for hours without it, it just didn't seem fun to me you know so hopefully i'll i'll be able to you know keep it all together and come back to twitch i i, I really i really miss you know streaming video games and just talking shit um so yeah man um how you guys doing booth boys <laughs> pretty good it's good to have you in here yeah i know i'm um Y'all gonna miss me while I'm doing my bid. I'm gonna be in that bitch doing push-ups. I'm about to come out. Y'all gotta send me some uh, money. Y'all gotta put some money on my books. I need to get some noodles and shit. Commissary, man. You know what I'm saying? I need to get my commissary up, man. Y'all gonna have to, hey, tell time, man. He gotta put some, um, he gonna have to put some money on my books so I can get some good soap. So I don't need to have to, so I don't have to be using no um dish rags in that bitch. I love time, man. That's my nigga. Um, time should be everybody, um, fitness influence man like the nigga got ripped man like on some real shit like we should need to go see we talk about motherfucker clapping last episode clap for that nigga man that's like anybody should be like i don't give a fuck man anybody like you fat you feel like you fucked up and all that man like look at bro time did it time did it you can't do it so shouts out to time man that nigga's out here ripped he got it he gonna have to slow down though because he get too fucking um he, I feel like time gonna have muscles and shit. He gonna get, if time get a six pack, he ain't gonna never come in this bitch with his shirt on, and that's gonna be crazy, man. You know what I'm saying? Two bears. He always in this bitch with his shirt off. All right, I think that's Bert thing, but time coming, time coming for the crown. Yeah, shouts out time, man. Time looking fucking good, man. This nigga look like two different people. I saw an old picture of time back when you can tell he was ordering, he was eating two large pieces to himself. But now this nigga is fucking ripped and in shape, man. So yeah, and you can tell, man. He seems like it. Um. So obviously, like you know, like I look at that as an inspiration too, in some sense. Like you can tell, just being that focus on on your fitness, it does a lot for you mentally too. You can tell times that it, he's at a total different, you know, headspace and type shit, man. So, 
Shouts out to the boss man, the big boss man time. You already know. So we're going to jump into it. As you motherfuckers know, um, you can hit me up at Danny at the Danny Brown Show.com. Danny at the Danny Brown Show.com. Also leave voicemails at 512 522 9256. All right, whatever. You heard it. Rewind the shit. Whatever. Do what you got to do, man. I'm sorry, man. I'm trying to figure it out, man. Because I don't be wanting to sit here sounding like a fucking radio DJ. Like, request at 512. All right. First up, we got Paranormal. Ask Danny. Hey, Danny. I'd love to know your stance on superstitions and the paranormal. Have you had any paranormal encounters or do you not believe in ghosts and shit? Thanks for your everything you do. Thanks for everything you do. And I can't wait to see what's next. Um, I don't know. It's a 50-50 with me. I don't know if I, um, God damn it. I'm sorry. I don't know if I, um, like I've, I've had weird shit happen and I've been a part, I've stayed at the, um, it's this hotel in, in Phoenix, I think Phoenix, oh, Arizona in general, it's this hotel and they say it's the most haunted hotel. And you know, it, it was, I felt it was a little creepy there, but just, just basically because they told you that. It probably felt creepy. And I did and I stayed at that hotel in San Antonio that's right across from the um the Alamo. And they say that bitch is haunted too. And I feel like you feel shit, but sometimes it might be just cause people, you know, saying that shit to you, but I don't um I don't know, man. I'm I'm being superstitious, I would say I've definitely um <laughs> made some uh big life decisions by a flip of a coin. <laughs> So if that's superstitious, I guess that, man, I think if anything, I'm more, um, and I hate to say this, but I think my mom, is, I think that mom put into me and, and my girl is definitely like this. I'm more into um, astrology and all the horoscopes and shit like that. I'm not saying like I'm I'm the type of person that read my horoscopes and shit every day, but I do believe in like the numerology. I think numerology probably the most. Like, you know, just the numbers and shit, like when you was born, like all that kind of shit, like shit adds up and shit. So I think more so, I wouldn't say as superstitious and into paranormal as much as I am astrology and numerology. Damn, am I a toe ring bitch? <laughs> For real, the other day my girl told me like, man, you, uh, you, you talking about toe ring bitches, you better not be smelling like no patchouli or... <laughs> Because she's seen it coming. I mean, I don't know, man. But patchouli oil helps with your stress. I used to um, wear a lot of patchouli oil, man. It will definitely, I will say, there's a thing about people that wear patchouli oil, man. Like, you don't wear deodorant no more. You just straight patchouli type nigga. It definitely will weed the bad motherfuckers out of your life. Because some motherfuckers, the smell of that shit, they just can't take it. And the motherfuckers that smell that shit and they can't take it, it's, 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 it's bad. They got bad energy. It is like... You know, fucked up motherfuckers that you shouldn't have around you in your life. So if you ever want to just like weed out the, the the bad spirits and the bad juju and the motherfuckers that you got around you, start wearing like a shit ton of patchouli oil. You'll see who really care about you. <laughs> You'll see who really love you. <laughs> Niggas go get the fuck out like, oh, this bitch smell like a New York cab. But nah, for real, that shit, that shit, I will say that that is a real one, dog. If you want to really just see who really fuck with you strong, start wearing patchouli oil. You'll see. Motherfuckers that don't fuck with you, they're going to get the fuck on quick. And I know it's real because I remember as me when I was young selling crack on my gangster shit. You know what I'm saying? Being in the street. And I've met a motherfucker. He smelled like a chili oil. Like, ugh, that nigga nasty, stinking ass motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Like, so yeah, if you won't. Damn, I'm a toe ring bitch. I knew it was, I knew it was something why. How would I even be able to know about it? To be able to name, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm definitely that's. So yeah, I'm not. I told my girl I'm not wearing a patchouli oil. You know what I'm saying? I'm all about the good colognes now. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I think when you get a certain age, I'm all about the aromatherapy. You know, I really feel like um, smells make your day. You feel what I'm saying? Like I have like um, I be having my nice oils burning, 
You know what I'm saying? Like, and like when I wake up in the morning, like if I first, like I wake up in the morning, I got my little, you know, I got my little room where I game at, where I make beats and shit, do my little studio shit. And if I walk into that room and it smell like shit, like, uh, like at my whole day, like everything about my day is going to go bad. Like it's just, the vibe is going to be off. So I try to like, you know, I keep my fucking oil burning incense or whatever the fuck's burning sage, whatever the fuck. And I walk in my room and the first thing I smell in the morning, you know what I'm saying? It, if you're having that vibe, you know what I'm saying? Some little tea tree, a little lavender, you know what I'm saying? Little, you know, cloves, you know what I'm saying? Shit like that. Toe ring bitch shit. What colognes would you recommend for the guys out there? I'm old. So me, I've been wearing the same cologne since I've been in high school. And that's John Paul Gardier. The blue bottle. You know what I'm saying? The nigga with the, with the nice bulging. He got the nice MC Hammer uh, pumps in the bump bulge. That's how the bottle is shaped. So yeah, I buy any of those, man. That's the only cologne I wear. John Paul Gardier. Yeah, you see him? That one. That's that's it right there. $106 at Macy's. How you smelling like Danny Brown? So yeah, that's my favorite cologne. That's the only one that I wear. Which is, oh, I got the dark blue too. That's what I've been wearing lately. Yeah. So yeah, you want to smell like me? I got the black. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm a John Paul Gardier. Smelling ass nigga. But I think that's some uh, that's some old ass shit. Like that it ain't cool water. It ain't brute. But it's it, it is it is a level of um age when you smell a nigga that smell like John Paul Gaudier. Cause I know I I I be on TikTok and it's a lot of like uh follow like the fragrance accounts and shit, like the men that be giving you the cologne reviews and shit. And it's a lot of dope ass I could tell. Like it's you know, I think I'm more into presentation with my colognes if the bottle is cool. If the if the, the case it came in and shit like that, I smell it. Be like, whatever, you know, it's a smell like shit, you know. It's all about what the bitch is like, you know. But I will say, cologne is um, you know, you could be that kind of guy that wear too much cologne, and that's like patchouli oil in a sense too. Like if you one of them type of niggas that be be splattered with cologne and uh skin be extra shiny, like you can't overdo it. Like you know, like that's that's scaring the hoes. See, niggas don't be knowing that, man. It's a lot of shit you can do, man. Like scaring the hoes, that whole shit. Which let me let me talk about that too. I, I've seen someone try to have like a whole um like, like a thesis. Like, like is that like something men should be um, you know, should be like rallying around, scaring the hoes. That's not a good thing, you know. The thing is with me and Peggy, I mean, I know the album's gonna be out by the time y'all are hearing this and Hopefully Peggy get the mixes together. I will say this, man. We I know everybody been complaining about the mixes, but I, I to be honest, um, me listening to it, I didn't really. We we I mean it's not supposed to be. It's Danny Brown and JPEG Mafia. The shit is not supposed to be fucking mixed like a fucking J Cole album. Like the shit's supposed to sound like alternative rap. It's supposed to be a little rough around the edges in some sense. So. I had no problem with the mixes. I thought, and I know people are like, oh, I can't understand what you fucking saying. Like, that's, it's kind of like the point. Kind of like some shit. I thought y'all niggas like mumble rap. God damn. <laughs> I thought y'all like mumble rap. Not when I'm doing it, though, huh? It's like I'm talking shit. No, but, um, I guess the album will be out by now. I'm, I will say I'm going to get it out of the way. I am super excited. And, um, yeah, man, Peggy's my brother, man. Like, I'm, um, I guess the best thing I can say about it, not the best, but I, I don't really feel like I play nice with others, like working in the studio, because I know how I want my music to come out in some type of sense. So it's like, but I am the type of person that need help with everything that I want to do. Where I feel like Peggy is the opposite for me. Peggy don't want no help with nothing he's doing. That's probably why we're going through some of these problems with the mixes and shit. But his ass, he he he's a one-man band. Like, he don't want nobody to do nothing with his music. You know what I'm saying? This and that. So that's where we kind of, like, meet in the middle with this shit. You know what I'm saying? So we worked we worked hard on this album. It is what it is, man. Uh, I hope people like it, man. I know I love it. I will say it's one of the, um, it's one of the best produced albums I've ever been a part of. Like, so, I mean, um... As far as the um, songwriting goes about it, um, I mean, I wrote this, we wrote the songs, you know what I'm saying? So 
I mean, obviously, I can't judge that part because I was more of a, you know, factor in that part. So I'm not about to sit here and be like, oh, we wrote amazing songs. But I can just say him doing his job as producing, he fucking did over and fucking, I can't fucking, you know, I can't stress enough how honored I am to be a part of this project. So I hope everyone, I ain't even know hope. I already know. Y'all niggas about to hear this shit and lose y'all fucking mind. So. It is what it is. I will say one of the big things that we had of making this album is um we definitely wanted to have shit. Like, I don't know, I think our, our, our mind frame, as much as it was, you know, people knew us two making an album together, you know, making some weird shit, making some out there alternative shit. We wanted to make shit to perform, man. Like, we want to be able to, this shit to rock at shows, like, we want to be able to have cracking ass shows together. So I think that's what, like the, you know, the foundation of it, that this shit is about to slap live. Like, I can't wait to fucking perform this shit. So that's that. All right. Well, we didn't, uh, I ain't even getting to none of this shit, huh? I just started going off about <laughs> scaring the hoes. <laughs> All right. Um. Next up, we got oh, cause he's talked that paranormal shit. That's how I got into scaring the hoes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got annoying fiance. Oh, it's over. You ain't me. All right, hey Danny, what's up? My fiance might hear this, so I gotta go incognito. Anyway, I have a question for you, man. My fiance is either really annoying or mean as hell, and I'm not sure how to handle it. I can ignore a mean for a bit, but when she's annoying, she's like Andy Dick on steroids. Oh shit, we talked about Andy Dick. No, nah, that's a that's a rap. I want to suggest a therapist because I really love her and I don't want to hurt her feelings, but I'm not sure how to bring it up. How do I proceed, man? Incognito, aka Booty Warrior, no R. Kelly. Nah, man. If it's your fiance, man, I mean it might be red flags. To be honest, I don't want to say that, but I can definitely say I've been in a relationship with a girl that um had a lot of mental issues. And the way I knew that is because when she wasn't taking her medication. It was like fucking, bro, it was hell. It was hell. But then when she took her medication, it was almost like she was too, she ain't have no pushback about anything. You know what I'm saying? And I'd rather her being on her medication because it just made for an easier life with me. But I think her being on her medication is what fucked our relationship up because it wasn't no pushback on anything. So I was able to just run like a fucking wild animal. So I will say it sounds like to me your girlfriend might have some type of mental health issue type of situation. And that's just um, more so about you knowing what type of relationship you're getting yourself into and how much you care about her to deal with that. You know, because, you know, personalities, is just everybody is their own person and this and that. So it's almost like um, if you love her that much, then yeah, put up with that shit. But I mean, you love her enough to marry her, but sometimes I feel like uh, some some men marry bitches because that feel like they feel like this is the baddest bitch they can get. Like, fuck, I ain't about to get no better looking bitch than this. I'm tapping out. This bitch bad, you know? And But it ends up being a crazy bitch <laughs> like this. You get what I'm saying? So uh, if you love her that much, then yeah, I mean, definitely do the therapy thing. Try to get her some help. You know, doc, you know, got to get a diagnosis and seeing what's going on with her. And maybe that's what it is. But I will say I've definitely been around women that were super annoying. And you just put up with it because I good they look or whatever the fuck. But it's like the cringiest shit ever. Like, it's nothing that hurts me more than a bitch asking you stupid questions. It's just like all the time just asking you some dumb shit where you like in yourself. You're like, like, how did this question come in your head? And part two, the answer to this. What does it does for your um, IQ? Like, is this about to make you smarter by knowing this information? And why are you asking me? Like, what is going on? It, the, does the internet not exist that you can Google this and not embarrass yourself that you asked me this dumbass question? Hold on. What's an example of this question? I mean, I have too many. And, it's, you know, it, it, when you put me on a spot like that, I really feel like a good one is not about to come up. But you know what I'm saying? Y'all know to understand it. the type of question you're asking. Like, I mean, me as being a rapper, it would be like dumb rapper questions. Like, you know what I'm saying? Or 
like if you listen to my music too much and and you know what I'm saying like like a bitch that listens to my music too much and take everything I say as 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 word type shit like like you be in a car this your dick really stretch to Venus They'd be like bitch you seen it you knew I was capped you knew I was just that was a, you know what I'm saying shit like that like bitch you know the answer you could have googled but it's just sometimes well, you know what I learned I think and this this is white people shit they feel uncomfortable with silence sometimes. Like, niggas, we can just sit around each other and be quiet and be like, be in our thoughts and shit and be going through shit. Sometimes when they get silence for white niggas, like if you hang around them, they get awkward with them and then they just got to say some shit. And they just say the dumbest shit and it makes you even more mad as a nigga that you even talking right now. Like, bro, what is you talking about right now? Like, all my white friends, all my white friends do that. It's not one of them that don't do that. Where you hang around, and some of my black friends that do that, they kind of white boys too in that sense. But they do that shit. Like when they get quiet, like it's an awkward silence and they just got to just say some shit. But it'd be a freestyle. They never really think about what they about to say in that shit. And they just say some wild, fucked up, dumb shit. And you'd be like, nigga, you just fucked up the whole vibe. Niggas was vibing. Like, I feel like black men, we, you know, they always be like, man, you got to meditate. Black men meditating all day. We just don't have our eyes closed. But niggas is in their thoughts, going through some shit in their heads all day, man. It's to the point, man. My girl, I think, as her being with me for years and, you know, living with me and shit, she get it. She get it to the point. She know when I got, like, this certain look on my face, just leave that nigga alone, man. And I be sitting in my room. I'm not even doing nothing. I'm just sitting there looking, like. She like, all right. She'll come check in the room, like, you hungry? That's when she do some nice shit to try to snap you out. Like, you hungry or something? Cause she don't know what I'm about to snap out of this phase and come with. I can come in this bitch on some bullshit. I do. I will say, man, I love my girl, man. She has been the countdown to rehab. I will say, man, my girl has been holding it down like a real true boss bitch, man. So shouts up to her. She was like, man, you always calling me a bitch on your podcast. Cause it's the only time I get to do it. <laughs> so if you are. I mean, she'll hear, hopefully she'll hear this while I'm already in rehab. So if you want me to do it in real life, let me get it out. It used to be the funniest shit. My aunt, I had uh, my aunt and uncle. Obviously, they were, you know, they were both whacked out. But my, my uncle, man, he would call her a bitch like a, like a pet name. You know what I'm saying? Like, he'd be like, damn, bitch, the sloppy Joe slapping. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it was like a term in endearment. All right. Next up, we got Axe Danny, Wu-Tang Clan, which I will say, I was just talking to the homies. Wu-Tang Clan has been one of my favorite TV shows for the past three years. And as a person that Wu-Tang is probably, uh, I'm trying to think, is this someone that I would put over? Wu-Tang is, no, Wu-Tang is probably my biggest musical influence, point blank, period. Um, so for hearing, all right, I'll tell you a story about Wu-Tang. My dad bought me Wu-Tang when I was in seventh grade. I probably told y'all the story, but I'm going to tell y'all it again because it means so much to me. I was in the seventh grade. My dad bought me a, um, this when CDs first came. This sounds so old to you, right? This when CDs first came out, and it was like a cool thing to have CDs. So my dad bought me a CD Walkman player, but my dad was a DJ. So he was a part of like a DJ pool. And when you're part of a DJ pool, you're able to get all these like promo records before they come out. CDs and whatever and he had a, a Wu-Tang promo CD and all it had was Protect Your Neck and Method Man uh, as the two songs on there and I had it and I would listen to it and it would be whatever so this is what shows you how bitches always ran my life in seventh grade I had a, 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 a cool ass black girl well obviously in seventh grade everybody was black but uh, <laughs> but she was actually from Syracuse New York so she's from East Coast. So that was the closest thing I ever had to New York. That's she's probably the first person I ever met from the East Coast. She actually had, you know, I wouldn't say like a what's up B. She ain't had like that type of hardcore New York accent, but she definitely had like a New York accent. She didn't sound like anybody in Michigan. And um I had the Wu Tang C in, in class one day and you know, just had CDs. And she seen that I had the Wu-Tang CD and off rip. She's like, you listen to Wu-Tang? And this is a girl that I kind of like had a crush on. I wouldn't say she's the most attractive girl. She lightweight dressed like T-Boss from TLC. Like the bitch would wear like flannels with like a belly top. 
like baggy ass jeans, like some Aaliyah shit. We talking about some 90s shit. So she dressed like that, which other girls in Detroit didn't dress like. This is back in the days. Other girls like, we in seventh grade, but still, if you was like a fast ass girl, you was wearing like biker shorts with like a, you was looking like a too short move something dancer. You know what I'm saying? But she was on, uh, you know, she was cool as fuck. She kind of like dressed like a boy, kind of like wearing flannels, you know, but you know, that Leah type vibe, flannel sexy shit. But um, she seen I had the Wu-Tang CD and instantly she just bust the first few bars like, hey, you, get off my glove. You don't know me and you don't know my style. I was like, oh, I'm in love. I'm in love with this bitch. So it made me more of a Wu-Tang fan that this girl <laughs> in my class from New York, like so instantly when the Wu-Tang first album came out, I had to get it to be like, uh, to impress her type shit. But it eventually, fuck Samira. Once the album came out, eventually it was like, uh, fuck what you talking about. Like, you know, and I got into the Wu-Tang. But I will say, man, the Wu-Tang um, TV show, if anybody haven't been watching it, definitely gets my co-sign. And I would definitely say um, I really love, which I think some people probably hate on, but the, I was just telling everybody how they did the, um, the breakdowns of um, every artist's album. Like, instead of actually showing, like, a almost documentary form style of how they, you know, made the albums, they gave them, like, their own little, like, episode where it was, like, a mini movie. And it was kind of like a movie based on the fucking concept of the album. Because we always thought to ourselves, like, man, Cuban Links could be a movie. We'd love to see a full-length movie. What they said they were going to do at, uh, at one point in time. But with them doing it in that 30-minute episode, I felt like it was the best thing it could possibly Even the old Dirty Bastard one. All right, let me get into this. I'm sorry, man. I can go on about, I can go on about Wu-Tang for days. Even to the point of this. I'm going to say this and I'm going to get to the shit. All right. Um, selling Crack. Boom, boom. We listen to Master P, Ghostface. Like, we listening to fucking all the, like, you know, that, you know, South Rap, West, like, you know, the gangster shit. And Wu-Tang was kind of, like, dying out at this time. It wasn't like, you know, East Coast rap was, East Coast rap in general was kind of, like, dying out. So I remember us, we, like, I wouldn't say, like, you know, we've been let down a few times. Like, um, Raekwon, a mobility, wasn't his best work. And that was, like, you know. That was one of those times it was like, man, you could save it. But then it's just, you know, a mobility kind of like fucked a lot of shit up. I will say that, man, because Raekwon was held high in a lot of hip hop heads' hearts. And a mobility fucked a lot of shit up. But so a nigga, niggas was just had a lot of like, nigga one had no high expectations, I will say. And that goddamn Supreme clientele dropped. I will tell you, man, the very first time I heard Nutmeg, I remember my homie had a fucking, he had a, um, a, a Conoline van. With, with 20 inch rims, like big ass, like, you know, ball ass rapper. He had a van just hooked up on some rapper shit. Speakers, sounds, TVs, all that shit. And the first time I ever heard that fucking Ghostface album, I knew I was wasting my life selling crack, kind of. Like, I was selling drugs, like, all this, like, I need to be a fucking rapper. All right. I, I probably went too long on this subject, but it's Wu Tang, man. So, your verse on Six Degrees with Bad, Bad, Not Good. And Ghostface is one of my favorite of yours. Shit go hard. Got any stories with any members of the Wu-Tang Clan? Peace and love for New Zealand, Craig. Um, no. And actually, my verse from that song is me doing my best Ghostface um, impersonation or period. Whatever the fuck you want to say. Like, that was me really trying to rap like Ghostface. And I tell people all the time, um, you know, I have my favorite rappers. Like, Nas is obviously my top number one favorite rapper. But I would feel like the rappers after him that i would put like uh i have a top five but so i would say like dizzy rascal ghostface and e40 is who i really feel like is the most influential on my style you know so um like i don't even know if i have a fifth like if i have like i would say Nas, dizzy rascal ghostface e40 like i don't even know if i have fifth rapper is me motherfucker all right <laughs> Here we go. I can talk about Wu-Tang for, for a whole episode, though. But yeah, episode 50, live music kind of sucks. Hey, Danny, as a live performer, how do you feel about watching live shows? Personally, I feel shows are overcrowded, gets too hot, takes forever for performers to set change, and they're only getting more expensive. What do you think could improve the live music experience? Movie theaters have better chairs these days. Why not improve live entertainment? Damn, that's a deep one for you. That's that's a deep one for me actually. Um, I don't know, man. I feel like um, 
me as a person that is a live performer, I feel um, I miss it a lot, you know, during COVID and all that shit. And I feel really like I feel bad about it because I remember the time in my life where I'd be on stage and I wouldn't even give a fuck. It was like I was on autopilot. All I cared about was what I was about to do at the hotel after this shit. Like, oh, I got three bitches just going down. I didn't even give a fuck about the show. And I would just be up there just fucking winging it. And now I, I haven't performed. Like, I perform every blue moon and this and that. But, you know, I really miss touring and, and being on the road and having that just experience of, like, I feel like that's like seasons. Like, if I'm an NBA player, like, I haven't been on those, haven't had a season. Like, you know what I'm saying? I want to go on season. So I don't know what could improve your live entertainment. Because even for me, like, a lot of people always been like, with well, my shows, like, maybe you need a live band. Or maybe you need more, like, light projections and this and that. And I've seen artists that have, like, you know, do so much during their shows, like, for the point where they don't even get paid. Like, they're doing literally free shows with in hopes that them doing all this shit for their show that, you know, they'll have a bigger fan base and they'll be able to do bigger shows, which it has worked. I've seen it work, and I've seen it fail as well. Me... Personally, like, I've, I've been on a few shows. I had lights. I've, I've done shit like that, which brings back to, like, I talk about Peggy. Like, it's nothing like watching Peggy perform. Like, seeing him walk out, he don't got none of the bells and whistles, nothing. No DJ, no nothing. And he just go out there, hit play on his laptop, and body shit. So, for me, man, I'm more of, like, an old school, come from open mics, real hip-hop, like, hip-hop, back in the park, block, block party nigga, just... I don't want to have no fucking live band and all that. That's why I didn't do none of that shit. So my booking price is still the same. <laughs> How's it been? So I would tell you, man, I don't know. You need to go see better artists because I'm telling you, that means you like going to like metal shows or like some gangster hardcore underground shit. You go to a Taylor Swift show, I'm pretty sure you'll have a nice seat. You'll be accommodated the way you should be. All right. Next up, we got Settling Down. What's up, nigga? I just turned 40 in October, 41 in October. Should a nigga keep slanging dick or should I put it up and switch? Settle down with a square bitch. My shit's still going strong and I'm still copping, nigga. Quitting the game sounds tragic. Danny, you a real nigga. What the fuck do I do? Thanks, love from the West Coast, P-Town, 503. Nah, man. I feel like the party is over, man. Like being at 30, you know that's the last straw. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have your fun. If you can make it to 30 without getting wiped up and not having no main bitch, and then you at 40, you don't want to die alone. Or do you? Certain niggas is different. But my granddad, I told you, my great-granddad, he always told me, man, you gonna be if you're going to be slanging dick out here, just make sure you get you a young bitch when you get old so she can take care of you when you're about to die. So, yeah, if you want to slang dick, you got to start fucking with young bitches in a minute. But if you want to start fucking with bitches your age, it's time to settle down. That's the easiest for that. And being an old nigga slanking dick, you're going to have to not be jealous and shit. Because the young bitch going to want to fuck other niggas and shit. You're going to be a sugar daddy type nigga. You're going you're gonna to eventually feel lame. It's going to be one day where it snaps to yourself. And you're going to be like, man, I, this shit kind of lame. All right. Was that it? We got tomorrow? Yeah, we got tomorrow. All right. Suspend a motherfucking wheel. I ain't got nothing bad to say about Nickelback. I know everybody um, talks shit about Nickelback. I think the black community really like Nickelback, to be honest with you. Like a lot of songs that they got, that's the only, it's, it's, it's probably a lot of niggas in the hood, the only rock songs they know is Nickelback songs. So I would say, man, I think Nickelback just got a lot of flack. I don't know, man. That, that's some weird white people shit. Nickelback is white people shit. And I, I'm not saying Nickelback is white people shit, but the hate on Nickelback is some white people shit. I feel like they just feel like they was an easy target to pick on. But I feel like, man, run up on the lead singer of Nickelback, he gonna whoop your motherfucking ass. Y'all should have been hating on Creed. All right. <laughs> I tried it. <laughs> Next up, we got some white people shit. Creed, Creed was crazy, though, man. Uh. <laughs> Creed, uh, Creed. 
It's a lot of white bands y'all can hate more than Nickelback, man. Y'all niggas like, uh, I don't know if y'all liked them, but they existed, man. Power Man 5000, that was crazy. These niggas was crazy. Y'all like this shit. But did y'all, oh, I don't know, I don't know. I don't know. Don't get me to start talking about um, my rock. I'm going to tell you like this, man. My, my rock taste is black man rock taste. You feel what I'm saying? Like, so like, it's a lot of like rock albums that I love that like real rock and food just be like, oh my God, you like that shit? I'll be like, bro, you don't get it, man. My favorite, um, I mean, obviously, I would say my favorite band of all time is fucking Corn. So <laughs> imagine that. It's some white people that's like, fuck. That's like, um, you know, that's cringy to them. But my fucking, it, that's what, Corn was the, um, Follow the Leader was the album that was able to get me into rock music. For me to able to be able to listen to an album like Love Forever Changes. And maybe because they did have the rap rock thing a little bit. And but I will say, man, the thing that I loved about Corn the most, they would have these breaks and like the middle of their songs, like like how we would look, like when we looking for samples and like we wanna like, you know, sample some shit to make a beat out of, you're always looking for the break. Corn always had a break in a shit that was fired. Part two, I need to go back. And I always just think about making beats out of these breaks. But I always like, man, you know, it was too early. It was too new. So maybe I need to go back because I know all of them. Corn had crazy ones. System of a Down had crazy ones. Incubus. All right. That's that whole TRL. TRL rock. <laughs> all right. Next up, we got uh, white. I, I'm going to tell y'all some white people shit. White people shit. You know what white people shit to me? Motherfucking quiche. And niggas in the hood ain't eating no quiche, man. Every Sunday morning, man, my girl, man, she keep popping up, man. You want some quiche? Yeah, look at it. And I ain't gonna front, man. I hate it on the quiche. I think that's the name of it, you know? It's too much like queef. So when she like, you want some quiche? She be like, nah, I don't want no motherfucking quiche. But then she'd make it. I'm like, oh, this shit kind of good. But you got to think it's only me and my girl. And she'll make a whole quiche like this. Quiche ain't nothing you can reheat, I feel like. It ain't nothing you can bring back. So it's only we eat two pieces out of it, you make this whole shit, you just wasted mad eggs. Imagine me as a fucking chicken. Didn't even get a chance to live my life, so the only thing I got is for a nigga to scramble me. And a motherfucker made a quiche out of me. Then they ain't even eat my side. Like, oh, what? what the fuck, man? So, shots out to the... Um, I guess y'all niggas still living in some sense, though. All right. Next up, we got the Hokey Pokey. I tried to make a joke about the Hokey Pokey to one of my friends of a spicier ancestry, and she had no idea what it was. I tried to explain she was clueless. The Hokey Pokey is white people shit. No, the Hokey Pokey is, I think it's age shit, because I know the Hokey Pokey. What? Do the Hokey Pokey. Yeah, that's, I think that's just, that's just our age group. Nigga, you want to go back old school, nigga? Uh, what about spiders and flies? Zolo, you know about that? I do not. You ain't had spiders and flies in PA class, did you? No. That's how broke black schools are. We ain't got none of that extracurricular activity. What they would give you, you had two choices of a vest. It was a red one and a black one. You get to pick. The black vest is the spiders. The red vest is the flies. One set of, um, is we in the gymnasium. You got the spiders on one side. And you got the flies on the other. One side, the spiders in the black vest, the flies in the red vest. They sing a song, a battle cry to each other. They say, we are the spiders. We are the flies. We're going to catch you. You just try. And motherfuckers just run and try to chase each other. Pretty much like tag. Just the spiders got to catch all the flies. And that's the game. That was gym class. <laughs> you know it wasn't aerobics. I mean, it wasn't spiders and flies. I can't be the only nigga that went through spiders and flies. So hokey pokey was a thing in school. Also, uh, musical chairs, shit like that. This is the type of shit we did in gym class. And y'all wonder why niggas is fat in the hood. Ain't no motherfucking, because uh, I be seeing, man, I be watching them like cheerleaders and shit, like cheerleaders, and they be fucking doing flips and shit. Our cheerleaders, all of them was fat. No black, no real, like, you know, because cheerleaders in, like, white schools, you'd be like, it's got to be, like, the baddest bitch going to be cheerleaders and shit like that. No, not in the hood. The baddest bitch, they already got some old nigga being a sugar daddy picking her up in the bins or something at the school. 
R. Kelly shit. And then, the, you know, the bitches with low self-esteem that's fat and probably don't want to, they become cheerleaders because they make them feel better about themselves in that sense. All right, I'm going too far. We got through everything. Um, uh, oh, we could do these um, drip sets for the Oscars, then we'll be up out of here. Drip set. Yeah, first up, we got Lenny Kravitz. Lenny Kravitz is a, a, a sexy motherfucker at his age, man. Anybody that's a living man should want to um, be able to look like this when you get to his age. That's black, don't crack. But I did watch a, um, Lenny Kravitz, um, like a GQ men's health type situation where he break down what he do. Niggas ain't doing all that, so this nigga don't care, man. This nigga can walk around naked. It don't matter what this nigga going to wear, man. So he, he kind of skipped shit. What movie was he in? Well, he had to go to the Oscars. I think he might have just been a presenter exactly, or something. Exactly, man. He, he wasn't nominated. See, look, they just show this. They just tell this nigga pull up. This nigga living like some ill country or something. He don't even live in America no more. The nigga living like an art. He might be lying. I seen some shit. I think Lenny Kravitz might be a fake van life nigga too. I seen some shit. This nigga like, yeah, this my spot. He's living in a van or some shit. Oh, I want to fly away. I think he was in something recently. Oh, he performed the song for the In Memoriam segment. Okay. That's what he did. Shouts out to Lenny Kravitz, though, man. Niggas get that workout routine. I I, I got the workout routine, but niggas ain't doing all that. But his his um his diet, yeah, all that, man. This nigga Lenny Kravitz is about to be 100 years old. This nigga's never going to die. That's all I'm going to say. So it don't matter what he wear. He a fucking vampire. Asian cuz. <laughs> he got his fucking karate shit on. The nigga made a uh, karate tux. He got me hot. Black belt tux. Gonna pull up on a nigga and do the um, Daniel Sun crane kick. Um, I ain't got really... See, this is the thing about me, man. This is why we kind of stopped doing drip sets. Because... <laughs> I wear terrible outfits too sometimes. Probably a lot of times. You know, it's me being a 41-year-old black male. So I can't really be sitting here talking shit about what people wear when I when I don't got my fashion all the way together either. But, yeah, um, this is a little boring. This was pretty boring. Next up, Paul Mescal. I thought this was Logan Paul. This nigga look like he going to prime. Huh? I don't know, man. It's, uh, it's a little too plain. So that's what we're going for now. I think that's where we head for in this next generation where it's all about being like subtle with it. Like, I ain't trying to do too much. I'm getting money, bitch. You know I don't use no washcloths. That's what this face say. You know I don't use no washcloths. All right. Fuck out of here, nigga. Michael B. Jordan. I don't fuck with this nigga. He said his favorite rapper was Drake. And I love Drake, but anybody that say that, man. like no, no, he didn't say his favorite rapper was Drake. He said Drake is the best rapper ever, which there's no shot at Drake or nothing because, I mean, you definitely have a valid argument to say that, but I would think this nigga, you've been on the earth a little too long to say that, you know? So, yeah, I don't really fuck with Michael B. Jordan because of that. <laughs> For real, man. You look, you gotta listen, you, he gotta listen to Illmatic once, at least. Like, you seem like you should be more like a Nas Jay-Z guy, like, Niggas is gonna be like Drake, so then it let me know. And then when he called the homegirl out on the red crop, like you called me corny back in the day. I'm, you see it now, bitch. Like that was sassy as hell, man. So yeah, that and that was some Drake kind of shit. So I, I get it. But now he he excluded. We don't even count him no more, man. You for real. We already know what type of nigga you is, man. He a dirty Mac. That nigga be dirty Macking, man. Y'all know what dirty Macking is? Dirty Mackin is the type of nigga we was talking about in the last episode. Nigga be a friend. You be friends with a bitch. But see, he wasn't Dirty Mackin. He ain't want to hit. But you be friends with a bitch. And you just friends with the bitch just to hate on all the niggas that she with. You be like, yeah, that nigga ain't doing good. That nigga. But then in the midst of it, showing her how good you doing, how you would treat her. And that, you know. This nigga seemed like a Dirty Mac to me. So, yeah, get your ass out of here, Dirty Mac. Pedro Pascal. Now this fire. This how you show up. This real gangster shit right here. You know what I'm saying? He keeping it simple and plain, but I bet you with some racks on this suit. 
cut just where you need it. What's up, bitch? Look at his face. What's up, bitch? He look like he got the bumps in his in the inside pocket. Like he done went to the bathroom, tooted back up. I ain't saying you did that, but look like it looked like you would do some bumps in this kind of suit and brush it off. Like, uh, make sure you ain't get no little flakes on you. Like, uh, be on the carpet like. This, that's the nigga that was in, oh, this is the nigga from Last of Us, right? Yeah. Yeah. Fire. Shots out, cuz. Questlove. Shots out to Questlove, man. Questlove has been, um, he's always, he, I, I, I mean, he always shouted me out, uh, uh, checked me out and always showed me love and shit. So, shots out to Questlove because I really do. He did a, um, and I've, I've told people this, man, the very first podcast that I ever listened to was The Champs with, um, Moshe Catcher and, um. Neil Brennan, and he had an episode on there where he just breaks down his whole music career and how he thought about music. And he was like, man, he knew the Roots wasn't going to sell records and be like this big, you know, crazy, like commercial popular group. But long as they got high reviews and like long as they kept their score high in Metacritic, he knew they were going to be able to succeed in life. And I took that same shit. I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I know I ain't going to be able to sell it. But long as I keep a high score in Metacritic, I'm going to still be around. And look, 10 years later, your boy still kicking it. So... Questlove, shouts out to that. I think uh, I played a Roots Festival one time and motherfuckers were stealing laptops in the back. <laughs> and I tweeted about it and they ain't fucked with me saying. <laughs> I like, the Roots Fest grimy, niggas stealing laptops. Yeah, so, but shouts out to the Roots, man. They don't know, man. Things Fall Apart, one of my favorite albums I ever heard. So, I mean, this nigga's not like really a fashion nigga, so he don't even care. He's just showing up. Part two, this nigga should have showed up and, and just being comfortable. Whatever's comfortable for him. It's tight, man. But um, I would say at his age, to be able to still have an afro, man, he's winning. So shots out Quest Love, man. He ain't got no stardy. Last up, we got Paul Dano. What this nigga do? He's another actor. What movie he was in? Uh, I don't think he was in one. Was he in one this year, Chad? He was in Fablemans this year. Oh, Fablemans, but yeah. He was in uh, There Will Be Blood and the new Batman. Mm-hmm. I guess it's nice. This nigga look like he's singing Panic in the Disco or something. Is that? I might be. Yeah, yeah. Panic at the Disco. All right. Well, shots out, man. We about to get up on this. <laughs> I love y'all niggas. Like I said, man, keep holding me down, man. Episode 50, man. You know, by the time this come out, I should be, I should be doing my bid. So hold your boy down, man. The words of encouragement always work. Like I said, thanks to everybody that's been sending me love. Keep me in your prayers. Hopefully your boy get out. I'm going to be ripped up, you know what I'm saying? But I want to stay on the road, man. I want to stay, you know, stay on the right track, man. So I would say more so don't, don't be, you know, put me in your prayers and shit saying like, I hope Danny lives. He's like, no, hope Danny, Danny going to live, but just hope Danny could keep it straight when he get out, man. So that's the biggest deal for me, man, because I, I know that's going to be the hardest part. So uh, I love y'all niggas, man. Booth boys, man. Say what's up to the people. Say bye to the people, man. We never. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. Right. <laughs> love y'all niggas. We out. <laughs>